back, everyone. This is Let's Talk About Star Wars with Jenny, Tom, and myself, Garrett. All three of us are back this week to talk about The Mandalorian, Chapter 4, Sanctuary. But before we get into that, just, you know, hi, everyone. It's been an episode since all three of us have been here. How are we all doing? How's, how's our Star Wars lives treating us? Just great. <laughs> it's a great Jenny, time. Jenny's wearing a, a Rebel Pilots outfit right now. Practically, and a Yoda yep. T-shirt. Yes, and a Princess Leia headset. <laughs> Princess Leia headsets, yeah. Just Star Wars AF. Yeah, it, it is such a phenomenal time to be a Star Wars fan, and I'm the only one who really like regularly plays video games on the show, so it's probably a good thing because we only have so much time to talk about so many things, but my lord, it's, there's like an amazing Star Wars video game right now, which I haven't been able to say since the closure of LucasArts. <laughs> Oh, wow. EA has done a bad job with the Star Wars license. Uh, And they have finally, they they somehow turned Battlefront 2 into a particularly good game and actually released a game that was good from the get-go in the way of Jedi Fallen Order. So um, on top of the fact that The Mandalorian's amazing and we have the final Skywalker Saga film for now coming out in less than four weeks. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that's... Would you just, I mean, it's, we're in the month that it comes out. If J.J. Abrams actually finishes it, which I would like to say is not yet, I don't think done. <laughs> oh, no, they showed it to a kid, though. Oh, yeah, is it picture locked now? They, the last they, time showed, I checked they showed it to a dying child, which is, okay. <laughs> sadly, in this day and age, sort of the, yeah. the picture lock signal. Like, yeah. all right, we got one that we're willing to show to someone who might not live until the premiere. So, it's, Oh, my God. A very sad, real and at the same time, uplifting kind of point of Star Wars films. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I didn't right. know that. Thank. Oh, man, Tom. Thanks oh, for God, really setting I'm not the mood. okay. Boy, uh, so, I need to hug a baby Yoda. I know. I know. Um, OK, so I would like to just throw in a couple things at the top of um, because it's the month of Star Wars. Uh, I'm my my radar is very attuned to all wonderful things. And I feel so lucky because I you know, when you're randomly on Twitter and 90 percent of your Twitter is garbage. And then like randomly a guy named Roberto Venegas comes into your Twitter feed and his uh, Twitter handle. And you'll want to know this is at Roberto underscore draws. And uh, we could put a link to that in the show notes, I would imagine. But he is a uh, an artist. He does, you know, a lot of different types of art. Um, but he has a thing and I bought it, um, a, a picture called We Are the Spark. And it is no joke. Ray holding up a lightsaber surrounded by like 150 of the women in Star Wars movies. And it is quite possibly some of the most detailed, cool Star Wars art I've ever seen. Um, you know, he'll send you if you buy it, he'll send you like a, a list of everyone who's in it. It's got, I'll just say the fourth daughter. That's we're, we're going deep. Wow. It's got, yeah. Yeah. It's got um, like people you don't even remember until you remember that they were in the movies or in, in Clone Wars or whatever. So, oh, this is it, the same dude that did the very recent like the Christmas Ray as a yes. child. I've yes. been seeing that shared everywhere. I didn't realize this is the same artist. 
Yeah, her holding her little boofy bread. And he also did uh, one uh, a little while back called uh, A Thousand Generations, which is Ray surrounded by a whole bunch of horse ghosts. Um, and it is so I would and he you can order a print on this in print, which is I-N-P-R-N-T, but um, really just go and check out his artwork. There's a lot. It's not just Star Wars, but um, the Star Wars one really. So I got two copies and someone I know is getting one. Uh, uh, who listens to this podcast? So I guess I just spoiled no spoilers. It. I'm no sorry. spoilers. I, I'm looking at the illustration you purchased, and on the left side, is that like a baby Snap Wexley in a yes in a papoose? That's a young Temin. Yeah, good. It's a young Temin Wexley. I love that the way that, that Roberto chose to portray a baby Snap Wexley is just as yeah. a a tiny adult yes. with facial hair. Yes, this is and also there's a. They've got um like a little Oscar Isaac, a little Poe Dameron uh, in a papoose also uh, with the parent, the mom, his mom. Uh, so, yeah, you could look at this thing forever. Obviously, our favorite Ahsoka Tano is there, the whole thing. Um, so anyway, uh, that was one thing. And then I think the other thing I would just throw out there is, yes, I have been reading the books. Um, so I did catch up on uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by our fave Delilah Dawson. And then I also caught up on, um, and I keep wanting to call it Rise of the Resistance, but it's actually Resistance Reborn, um, which is like the book that sort of links us from uh, those there are two books that take place after both of those after The Last Jedi. And they're not unworth reading. Like they're good books and they're interesting. And my only complaint would be the ever thinner slices of content that you're allowed to use in between movies, TV and all this stuff. And I think like um, I'm ready for books that expand worlds instead of filling in worlds. Yeah, I am. I am uh, getting my, to... my problem with the, you know, road to the Force Awakens, road yeah. to the Last Jedi is they don't want to. And I think rightly so spoil anything for the movie. So you have to exist in all these cracks and you also don't want to retell or stomp on things that have already been told. So there's such there's there's not much room to maneuver in there, which is, makes it impressive with what these authors do with what they're given. Yeah. Yeah. And the books are good and they're compelling and there are some good characters. And um, I, I was really happy to reconnect with Vi Marathi, Uh And there's some good Phasma like follow on in that book. So it, it was a good book. And I would. um you know, if you guys don't want to buy it, I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of Star Wars books. And after this party that we have on December 20th, if you want to read a Star Wars book, tweet at me and I'll mail it to you. If, if wow. My, look at that. If my, my friend Abby is listening, she has been just like yelling at me like, hey, hey, I've got Black Spire. It's right here. I'm done. Take it. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know time to read right now. Yeah. But, yeah it's, um, um, so yeah I'm, those I'm, are my things i'm very behind on my star wars reading i am also very behind in my one star wars movie a month to watch all of the star wars films uh to like perfectly link it up with the rise of skywalker coming out because of all the damn travel that was happening for me in the month of uh, october and also quite a bit in november thank you thanksgiving right when i thought i was done thanksgiving hits um <laughs> we uh we got back from a thanksgiving trip yesterday and looked at the calendar and we're like we still have to watch Jedi and that's that's what we were left on. And we and we looked at the calendar and we're like, we have just enough weekends to watch one movie a weekend now. 
and be ready for for Rise of Skywalker. And so that's what happened. And we had our friends, Ben and Abby, over last night, and we watched Return of the Jedi. And y'all, that was my favorite Star Wars movie to watch when I was a kid, and I think it's still my favorite Star Wars movie to watch. I love Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. We finally made it past all the other movies, and we're going to start the original series tonight. But uh, I, I will throw in and say that, boy... Rogue One ages like a fine wine. Nice. Like it gets. I was gonna say like better. a fine gin. Yeah, like a fine gin. Uh, it gets better and more resonant, and and just like there's more to unpack than you think there is. Uh, when you first saw it, like you know, I don't know. I don't want to go into like a deep dive, but I really have to say that we watched it last night and I was stunned at how much it still moved me. Yeah. I think that that is a, a testament to why the strategy of trying to release supplemental prequel ish movies was a bad one because people weren't willing to pay attention to all that stuff you're talking about they're like no 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 tell me what happens next yeah. i want to know what happens next and marvel earned the ability to do some some flashback stuff with captain marvel because they had didn't done so much of telling you what happened next yeah uh, and, yeah and, and, and so so yeah i think that's i think that's probably why solo and rogue one are in my opinion too underappreciated yeah i i think to like I was going to get in on the conversation. Now you've just reminded me of it again, the kind of talk about how little they're allowed to play in, in regards to the, the, the novels between major film releases is like, I'm, I'm getting to the kind of cranky impatient point <laughs> with all of that. Cause I, I'm like, we still haven't just feasted on what the hell Luke did in between Jedi yeah. and force. Yeah. And like, how if we get to the end of rise of skywalker and they haven't addressed it in major kind of bombshell this is what happened fashion uh outside of he <laughs> shit went wrong with kylo i'm gonna be cranky i'm like why did we why did we hide all this why why we why didn't we really just dive in both feet first into all of the that those three decades between return of the fall of the empire and the, the rise of the first order um someone's writing a book I mean, that's my that would be my general. I, I would take. assume someone's writing like twelve books because that's how much I feel like there is story there, and we have we have messed with I think maybe five percent of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that I like that I want and I, I'm excited for, and we've talked about before in the show, is going places even in the timeline. Doesn't have to be in the future where we haven't been that aren't related to that mainline storyline, which is exactly what we're getting with the Mandalorian, which makes me so excited about it. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. It's part of the reason I'm really enjoying it. I think it's the same reason like why Bloodlines is one of my favorite Star Wars, like new Star Wars novels, because they I felt like they got a, a meaty percentage of the in-between lore to, to play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this I mean Mandalorian has just uh just just been fantastic. So let's uh let's move on uh, to talk about Chapter 4 Sanctuary, as I'm calling it, the most Clone Wars-ass episode of The Mandalorian yet. <laughs> Stop touching things. Oh, you mean seven samurai in uh, space? Yeah, so someone who has never seen a 
Kurosawa movie. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I was so pleased that I had made Scott Johnson watch Seven Samurai recently because as soon as he show, as soon as the farmers come, I'm like, well, this is pretty Seven Samurai. And then it's not seven; it's just two. But hey, they're two that act like seven, and they show up and defend the farming town and train the farmers. Like that's all straight out of the Kurosawa movie, uh, and it's great. It's super fun. I love that it's like, oh yeah, you know, we've done a lot of like you know gunslinger spaghetti west. Western metaphors. Let's let's do, you know, everybody always associates the Kurosawa flicks with Lucas and Star Wars. So let's just uh, straight up do a standalone episode uh, that lean on in super enjoyable. Yeah, I, I saw a weird amount of crank surrounding this episode because I really? didn't I didn't watch huh. it on the day it came out because I was still doing Thanksgiving family things. Uh, and so I was on Twitter I kind of had a feeling this would be a bit of a filler episode, so I wasn't nearly as concerned for episode spoilers as I have been for the past three. Uh, because, again, everyone, y'all, chill. I I don't know what's wrong with everybody. I don't watch The Mandalorian until the evening. <laughs> like I feel I like everyone wakes up, pours their cereal, watches it, and immediately goes on the Twitter to talk about it openly. And it's driving me absolutely crazy. Can we have like a 24-hour pause on Twitter conversations around the Mandalorian. But um, I, nothing was really spoiled for me, but I saw multiple takes that was like, wow, this is just a, a blatant ripoff of Kurosawa, or wow, this is the least interesting episode so far. Those were the two but things I kept seeing. A blatant ripoff is just silly. Like, it's very obviously inspired by and told well. Like, you can do that. It's not a ripoff <laughs> to do that. I, I think that's just silly. The complaints about nothing much happens here, I, I, I get that. I get where if you're like, no, I'm a plot, I'm a story junkie. I just want want to find out why things are happening and keep that plot moving along. This is not going to satisfy that kind of viewer. And, you know, it's not meant to. Uh, this is meant to give us a pause to collect our breath before we move on into the next phase of the story. It's a character episode. Yeah, absolutely is. And it's great. I loved it. And, and, and this is this is where, like, I'm sure film fanatics are going to be like, Garrett is the most uncultured human being ever. But yeah, I haven't seen any Kurosawa films. And so I just watched this and I'm like, this episode, oh, though. this That's is literally the, bonus. I was yeah. like, this is literally the train the farmers episode from Clone Wars, which like is basically the same plot. Which is only. also, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, if anyone, for, I don't know what season or what episode number it is, but there's definitely an episode where Anakin and Ahsoka train a small village to defend it's themselves. It's not the first Seven Samurai illusion in film and TV, and it won't be the last. It like, it's just a fun little side note. It's definitely not the first or last for Star Wars specifically either. I'm certainly. sure it will continue happening. But I loved every damn, every damn moment of this. I, I, it's, uh, it's funny because I was re- I was just so impressed the first three episodes and its and its ability and willingness to be silent and let the scenery and the the, the characters just breathe without talking and and this like I kind of feel the same way in terms of like the speed of the episode and how much it moves the story needle forward which is not very much but but there was actually a lot of talking in this there was a lot of uh like finer detail into the Mandalorian lore which was something I, I really enjoyed about episode three was like really digging into Man- Mandalorian lore and kind of figuring out what is up with this tribe of Mandos. And you can this, just say Manda lore. Oh, now, there it is. This, this <laughs> is your Tom Merritt punny for the day. Uh, but so if, if episode three was kind of macro Mando lore, then I think episode four is micro Mando lore as 
Those it, sound like salads and they sound delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Think you can get those at Black Spire? Yeah, probably soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like, well, first of all, we're skipping like a big thing, which is he took off his helmet. Well, we know he, he had to. He took off his helmet in the way, like, Master Chief and Halo takes off his helmet. Like, clearly he has to eat and drink at some yeah. point. Right. And I remember when he was at the restaurant, I'm like, how does he eat with the helmet on? Is he going to take it off? And then, of course, they answered it for us later on. You're like, oh, yeah. he takes it off. Like, right. Katie that question out loud while we were watching? I'm like, he, we've seen him go to bars twice now and order drinks, and I haven't seen him drink the drink. Yeah, I get him with a straw. He must have a Mandalorian crazy straw. Just all the loops, and he probably comes out of one of his gauntlets. I was going to say, yeah, that makes sense. Or it just descends out of his mask (laughs) because an attachment. One snaggle tooth. Yeah. I hope to God they never show that. Um, I uh, yeah. So I thought it was really nice, and I thought um, uh, I, I don't even know where to start. I thought Gina Carano, right? Carano, just Carano. Gina Carano, yes, as as Cara Dune. We finally have introduced the character of Cara Dune. Yeah. And now, wait a second. I really felt like when I was hearing that name, it sounded very familiar. Uh, it, it, shouldn't. Did she appear so anywhere? Was- yeah, in, in all of the stories leaking out details about the Mandalorian that we read for months. That's where right. I recognized it from. I don't know if it's from somewhere else, though. Thing I was accepted. Um, I mean, it's right up there with Grief Karga in terms of the most Star yeah, Wars yeah. names you've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, but she's not related to Caleb Dune, right? Or is that Caleb Doom? Doom. Yeah, all right. So we got Maybe do- that's it, too, because it does sound very similar. You're right. Yeah, because we're always looking for these little threads that tie back to other things. And I was like, is it a doom or a dune? Like, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been fun. But uh, yeah, she is pretty awesome. Yeah, I I, I agree. And she was she, her. It, it's sad to think that her character is done. Question mark. I'm pretty sure we're going to see her again, though. Yeah. Too too much was was made of her. And like I'm still not I still think the IG unit is eventually going to come back. I don't know. Like a, a Jabba walked over and repaired him and now he's all pissed. There's certainly other IG units too, so yeah. Very, very true also, but like I want that one specifically to come back and be like, why'd you shoot me? <laughs> also, cool, I if if there was a weakness in this episode, and I really don't think there are, uh, but the one thing that I did sort of raise an eyebrow at at the end when they're like, "Oh, the trackers found him," I'm like, "Well, if the trackers can find him there, like, couldn't they find him pretty much anywhere? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about that?" That yeah. did annoy me. I I thought we were finally going to get a, an explanation as to how the hell those fobs even work, and like, what are they tracking? Is the kid lowjacked? But. We didn't. And so, yeah, I'm with you, Tom. That 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 part kind of annoyed me of like, the, well, the Mandalorian would have known that. Why did he think he could just leave the child <laughs> there and the child would be safe? Like, why did we even bother with that emotional beat? Yeah. We still could have um, had the emotional beat of having to come to terms with the fact that the child is happy and thriving in that village and we have to remove him from it. I don't think we needed the additional emotional beat of the Mandalorian thinking he could leave them there. Okay. I mean, I suppose an explanation. Oh, go ahead, Jenny. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go. I was going to say I was going to propose an explanation, which is there is a range on it. And he thought going out of the way would keep them from getting within range of the tracker. But 
because they made a lot of noise on the planet, uh, it attracted people or yeah. somebody lucked into finding them, you know, whichever, choose choose your poison. Okay, I'm going to mark and, that and as... So they got within range. All right, I'll mark mark that as acceptable headcanon. That does... That does yeah, he was pretty cannon, obsessed but... about finding a very low pop planet. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but I would like to know, like, if there's a tracking fob, is there a chip inside the baby Yoda? Are they using his DNA? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the game? And I imagine they're going to now have to address that. Like, they took I'm, a. I, I'm curious too, but I'm fine with them leaving it MacGuffin. If, if they never, if they never address it, I'm probably okay with it myself. Okay. It just, it is. It is. Therefore, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it, you know, is the best way to explain time travel. <laughs> yes. certainly yeah absolutely um, but but other than that yeah i uh, i had a really good time with this episode can we, can we take a moment can we can we have our baby yoda moment which one which one the, the soup <laughs> there, so many. there were there were so many but the freaking the, the the soup for me uh you guys are lucky you don't have ovaries because like oh my god this baby yoda man it's like boo 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 uh yeah. That thing is crazy. Uh, it's like it should be a controlled substance, that Baby Yoda. So we had the Baby Yoda um, flicking buttons in the razor's right. razors Which edge. was every toddler ever. Ever. Right? And every then. Every parent out there is like, oh, my gosh, I've totally been there. And to the point of putting the child on his lap, like, fine, yeah. we're just going to we're going to fly the ship with you on my lap. But the best part is how fast it became a meme with. 800 different kinds of music. Uh, and I just kept retweeting them yesterday because they were so funny and it's such a simple, easy edit to do. Um, where like different music would come out every time you press a button. And then of course the epic meme of baby Yoda drinking bone broth, like, uh, a rich lady in Venice, which I just thought was like the greatest thing ever. I have seen that one everywhere used yeah. in every possible connotation you mm -hmm. could think of for it 100 and it was almost perfect that it came the day after thanksgiving because a lot of people yeah. were memeing it up with like watching my family argue at the thanksgiving table you know uh -huh. there were so many variations on that and, and every single one made me giggle but um, every character on their balcony and big little lies was a favorite of mine <laughs> yeah yeah jenny i gotta say um uh, i i don't have ovaries but i do have three chihuahuas and as a dog yeah. lover honestly for me my favorite baby yoda moment of this entire episode was just when the ramp goes down and we cut from chest high shot of mandalorian to wide shot and you just see baby yoda just standing there like yeah. where are we going I'm coming I'm with because that's at least one, if not all three of my damn chihuahuas every time we, we need to go somewhere. I am fascinated by the developmental pace of baby Yoda because like he can walk, he can hold bone broth. He looks 800 years old, but is not. He does that we know of talk yet. Uh, and he can in a moment of real panic, use the force in a very specific way. Um, and I just am so, so curious about like where he is on his, like where a 50 year old Yoda thing is on his developmental track. They're, I'm they're, just, I'm fascinated. It's such a good blend of the, like the actual kid that needs to be protected in Western tropes and the Western dog. 
like the the dog that the gunslinger finds and saves his butt every once in a while. Oh like right, yeah, he's the gunslinger. He the, the the child is the gunslinger companion as well as uh, the you know unruly child character all rolled into one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, Papa Yankee's cap on the child and. You've got Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, did you just short round Baby Yoda? Because I'm okay with that. Kind of did. I'm sorry. I'm very okay with that. So it is. They are saying CNBC is saying that Baby Yoda apparel and accessories will be available through Amazon, Zazzle, Target, Kohl's, Macy's, Hot Topic, and Lunchbox, possibly as early as this Friday. We are absolute trash as people by the way like we just need merch and we need it now yeah uh, I, I believe it's who is who has the star wars license for toys i think it's mattel I, they did yeah. confirm that there will be no baby yoda toys in time for christmas <laughs> yeah the toys will be harder right like the toys they take some time um but you know they were saying like if there are toys it'll be the tickle me elmo of 2019 which you know i will murder someone for a baby yoda also, can we just like like I just need a round of I know we're we're gonna move on from Baby Yoda, y'all, but like round of Are applause we? for uh, no leaks. Baby Yoda was yeah. not leaked ahead of the yeah. Mandalorian, and I cannot yeah. believe it. Amazing. And it I is honestly, the new soil and green, though, as far as post release, no one thinks of worries about spoiling people who haven't watched the Mandalorian. My, like my it's, parents. Just sorry, folks. Too late. Too late. I'm going to tie this back I mean, into Thanksgiving. It was too late the morning the damn episode came yeah. out, apparently. But, yeah. uh, like, it, 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 it is such an indelible addition to the cute Star Wars canon that I hope somewhere there is one person who came up with this idea so that someday they can say, I, I invented Baby Yoda. <laughs> and it, it, I invented the child. It's going to uh, be Dave Filoni because I couldn't love him more, and that would actually make me love Dave Filoni more. Yeah. Uh, Mitzula retweeted a tweet from Albert M. Padilla thanking mm -hmm. Gareth Wood for the Mandalorian 80s intro version. If you haven't seen that, go find it. So great. Uh, yeah, it's it's just you know it's it's your standard like what if this show had an 80s intro and it's perfect. It's really well done. Yeah. All right. Down to the theme song. Uh, can we talk about how this episode, you know, you can you can roll around for better or worse in Kurosawa all day, but can we talk about that, how this episode is actually a Dungeons and Dragons quest to go kill the dragon just with Star Wars motifs? Yeah. Agree. Cool. I mean, it's it's just so simple and elegant. Like you can you can say the story beats out loud. Arrive on planet seeking sanctuary, uh encounter unexpected um adversary who turns into a friend you know encounter people who need your help refuse well, he, to, yeah to help he, them. he builds a party gets a quest yeah you know yeah, yeah. It's all there. and then they they all and then the person who was his adversary has his back at the end like it's very very elegant structure like and maybe there's a, a romance that almost would happen like did it look like he was about to get that helmet off there or uh was he just like you know i think he was uh, thinking about it He's thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, th it got lifted about like two or three inches. So there was definitely it wasn't an immediate smack the hand away moment. So, yeah, he yep. there was yeah. some consideration. The gears were turning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just liked it. So I also like it. 
I love that we're kind of we're playing they're loose rules, but we are playing with rules here because just mm-hmm. the like it, it, I, I think it would have been really easy for this episode to have Cara Dune and the Mando fight and it to feel unearned. But like she's just like, oh, man, I thought you had a fob on me. And I'm like, yep, I buy it because we have spent three episodes with fobs. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's a question for you that it didn't occur to me until the end of this episode. Is the Mandalorian actually a Mandalorian? No, no, I don't I, think he is. Uh, yeah, I think and That's I had a great to be, question. I had to be reminded by this by Twitter kind of talking about it loosely. And then I went to go reorient myself with with canon lore on on uh, on Boba Fett. Boba Fett, yeah. also not a Mandalorian, not a Mandalorian. We yeah. only know a couple of Mandalorians and they were all in Rebels. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Also, given that Mandalorians take foundlings in, which it appears to be the case with the Pedro Pascal Mandalorian, uh, does this mean the child will eventually get some armor? <laughs> I think that child is now a Mandalorian, <laughs> right? I don't think also, the Yoda race ages fast enough for us to get to that point. It does. So yeah. put, put some child armor on him. Doesn't take but that much Beskar then. Here's a question. So we don't know what the purge is yet, right? No. I don't think we do. Right. So because the last time we left Mandalore, right, in Rebels, they had essentially regained some independence or at least were fighting towards it. That's what I was trying to remember. Yes. More or less, and it was it was kind of ambiguous. I mean, it was still left as a victory for Sabine and her her tribe, but yeah, it's like the I mean, the this planet was still desolate. So something happened. Oh, but that's but they didn't call it the purge. So the purge is something else. So but uh, I, uh, I was gonna say just of of unknown things of which we have many. The purge and whether the Mandalorian is actually a Mandalorian are now like kind of like higher up on my list. I'm going to guess that the purge was not that one day a year on Mandalore where everyone got to do whatever they wanted without yeah. legal implications. Yeah. Also, love God, <laughs> uh, but probably something to do with the Empire taking revenge for what Sabina and her tribe did. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Which leads you to an obvious question: Is there going to be at some point in this series a live-action Sabine? As much as I want that selfishly, I don't think the world would like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think the one thing the Mandalorian has done really well is when it does allude to the wider universe, it's oblique and not obvious. And having an actual character from one of the other series shows up doesn't feel like what they're going to do and would cause groans among some sectors of the audience. Yeah. Although I would adore it. Uh, of all the ways to directly tie in i feel like that would be i i think that could be executed well it could be you're right you could just never name her because i feel well it's probably sabine i think you even could because i mean we don't we're not we don't know where she ended up at this point but I, i think it would be realistic for her to be the head of a mandalorian tribe and that would i think that's enough information if you're you're only watching the mandalorian and it's fine if it is sabine for the rest of us that know the backstory Maybe, maybe. Also, I, you I would give of, YouTube I, my creators like, they won't do easy it, work. It's more well, likely that Sabine shows up on Resistance, but that's not even going to be around long enough, so it probably won't even happen there. So another thing was like it, it made me realize the week before when he was like, I got to get me one of those with the classic Mandalorian back jetpack, yeah. where I was like, oh, he's not from there. 
Like that, I didn't have that specifically, but I, I had flagged that line as being odd. And then this week it made sense. Like he's not of that planet. Oh, I, the jetpack didn't make me think of that at all because he was still building his armor. I feel like to me, I was just like, well, if he was kind of a broke Mandalorian, it would make sense that he hadn't quite gotten just gotten <laughs> the jetpack. Broke ass Mandalorian. Their 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 suit pimpage as it were. But I think, yeah. And that could, that could be true of a young Mandalore fighter, or it could be true of a foundling, either one. Yeah, right? we, we yeah, find out either he, way. he was adopted as a child. Uh, I mean, and he says, I haven't taken the helmet off since I was about, you know, in gestures to the child's age. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's been for like, he's been in the Mandalorian tribe for the majority of his life at this point. Right. So yeah, I mean, it has been, to me, it's, 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 it reminds me of predator. Like, it's like there's kind of like a respect and they will take you in if you prove yourself. Mm. So yeah. And, okay. and, and, and I'm back to the great purge. No, I mean, it hasn't been explicitly stated what it is. It certainly seems like it is an Imperial led event because of the fact that the Imperials have what seems to be the majority of the best card that's left in the galaxy. And uh, and I don't think it has a damn thing to do with the flashbacks, with the personal flashbacks of the Mandalorian himself, because those are uh, that's Clone Wars area battle droids that are murdering everyone there. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the Great Purge Mandalorian and Wikipedia, it said this page has been deleted. Uh, and, and but if you look at it, if you search for it, there's a little bit of leftover um, like uh, metadata text, which says the Great Purge was an event that took place on Mandalore in which the Galactic Empire came into conflict with the Mandalorians. The event resulted in the dot, dot, dot. And then if you click on it, the page has been deleted. It's probably <laughs> so not yeah. well sourced. Can you not see the uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't well cited, but yeah. can you not see the uh, the edits? Mm, the edit, edit history deleted and it says oh the great purge yeah so yeah now it's just very vague yeah so now they're only referring to uh yeah that it was during that time that this mandalorian beskar was gathered and cast into imperial smelters as spoils of the purge yeah, the, the, my understanding is is what we have heard in the mandalorian up to this point is the only known information about yeah, the great purge okay Okay. But uh, fascinating nonetheless. But um. oh, yeah, the yeah. Great Purge still exists as the Great Purge was an event in which the Galactic Empire came into conflict with the Mandalorians. Uh, an armor to the Mandalorian bounty hunter on the Beskar he obtained. Yeah, it's, it, this is all just based on the Mandalorian chapter one and chapter mm -hmm. three. Yeah. Interesting. It's five years after Return of the Jedi. Huh. Okay. See, I think Sabine's coming. Not this season. They wouldn't do it, but I think they could do it next season. I think we're going to deal with uh, an older female Mandalorian that is unnamed, and there will be some kind of reveal of the Darksaber. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I would do it. Just say it. That's <laughs> yeah. how I would do it. Yeah. Because then, if and you so, are and some uh, some uh, art covered in, in tarps over in the corner, yeah, mm, mm. she's wearing like a cloak. And uh, the same moment the dark saber is whipped out, you see a beautiful like uh, phoenix a on flash, the shoulder. Flash armor. of graffiti. Yeah, everybody freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But um, so how do we think Cara Dune gets mixed back up with the Mandalorian at some point? Same way that Nick Nolte does, uh, which is like, I need a crew. 
right? Oh, we, th- we think Nick Nolte crew. is going to I don't think Nick Nolte is joining a crew. I No. no. There's, there's got to be a heist episode of Mandalorian. And what, what, what the heck is he going to do? Like, be a, your designated blur getaway? There's just going to be a montage of him showing up and like, you're needed. I've yeah. Spoken. I've spoken. <laughs> yeah, I've they spoken. really need some... Uh, some moisture farmed in a pinch. That's that's why they're gonna. I think that guy uh, has a little more skill than he's letting on. Mm. I think the uh, the the love interest is significantly more skilled than she's letting on, and I'm I'm surprised we didn't address why in God's name she's the most accurate blaster wielder in this parsec. Oh yeah, she's got a story. Uh, she's gonna be part of your heist crew for sure. That yeah, that was a Shepherd book moment if I've ever seen one. Definitely. Mm-hmm. She's Ray's mom. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to just well, see Ray have a, a strong affinity for blue shrimp in the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> see what that one good thing that that Roberto Venegas art is. It's just like uh, connect the dots of who's Ray's mom. It uh-huh. could be anyone. Right, right. Where's Waldo for parentage? Yeah. 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 That was, that was great. I um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much else to talk about on the uh, the plot arc of this of this episode, other than uh, I really want to hammer home how cool that ATST was and how they, I, I, like, I literally last night watched Return of the Jedi and then I went and watched this and I was like, you know, chicken walkers were kind of goofy in the Battle of Endor. This thing was terrifying in this mm-hmm. episode of The Mandalorian. Right. Also, how did they think they were going to get it to walk into that pond? Like, it wouldn't want to walk into the pond anyway, would it? Like that. Uh, that trap felt a little hard to get it into. Yeah, it was a little hard. Oh, that didn't bother me nearly as much because I just figured, yeah, it would probably engage to get to the folks shooting at it behind barricades. Why wouldn't it step forward? Because if it's just a rice paddy. march on through, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's not a lake. It's a, just a rice paddy, for lack of a better right, term. Right, it's about hip deep water. So, uh, and, and I, my my assumption was they had fought it before and it had stomped through the rice paddy. It had done that. Previously. Yeah, all right, that's fair. Yeah. Um, plus, uh, it was totally a predator moment of what are you doing? Kill me. Come get it. Yeah, I just I just kept yeah. yelling predator at my television while I watched this episode and honestly, previous episodes of The Mandalorian. But um, yeah, the whole treatment of the of a single walker being just a, a terrifying opponent was great. Yeah, it's all perspective, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, having watched Rogue One and seeing the actual AT-ATs, like, whoo, those were scary. The like, you know, but it, having one in a community of farmers, a, a ATST is like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Plus, they had war paint. Plus, whoever's idea it was, hey, can we have the uh, cockpit glow red so it looks like it's glowing red oh. eyes? Yep. Yep. Well, so mm, great. Just chef's kiss. Mwah. Just the best. So. Um. Yeah. So do we think we're getting back on like hard, the, the hardcore arc next episode? I love, by yeah, the way, no, I think we're, I think we're on to the new phase, right? Where he's, he's going to be chased. He's going to know he can't hide now, yeah. uh, which is one of the reasons it's good that he tried to mm-hmm. prove like, nope, he can't just turn and hide. So now he's, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's exactly, I was joking about a heist uh, episode, but putting together some kind of defense seems like the logical next step. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't said as much, but I think there's there's got to be a take the fight to them to to clear yeah. the child of this of this bounty. Whether it's and, and again, I don't think they need to necessarily explain how the fob works, but maybe 
maybe they don't, but maybe we they they go to the source of of where that data is stored to destroy. Yeah, it could it. be an easy way to 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 handle it. Yeah, that's kind of where my brain is going because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat as you two. Is like, well, yeah. it has to protect the child. That is now. I I don't know if this will be the whole series, but it's definitely going to be season one. Yeah, although there was that Ryan Johnson uh, tweet where he like went on set and visited the baby and it made it very clear without me saying why, um, just how long the baby is, or the child is on the set. So I will leave that be for now. But, uh, uh, yeah, so the baby ain't going anywhere, uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I was for half a second thinking he was actually going to leave the kid there and I'm like, no, no, we need it's the child is the heart of the show. <laughs> The internet has spoken. I like, never once thought he was leaving it there as much as they wanted to made, wanted me to believe. They I, never convinced me. I can. I was. I was so. Even though I ended up being right about him, he's going to take the armor, get it built, and then just go back and kill everyone. And I love being right. I would. I believed you more, Tom. That the child was getting taken before the job was completed because that just seemed. So I still think at some point we're gonna. Beef, uh, baby Yodaless Mandalorian will be forced upon us at some point. They'll be separated. Yeah, no, that that that's good storytelling to to have him lose the child, especially now that they've bonded so much that we really believe he cares. Now's when you take the child away. I love that he called oh him a little womp rat. Oh, so great! Just the and they best. must have a lot of womp rats. I, I mean, all around the galaxy. Jawas are not uh, Tatooine only. Yep. And well, Womp Rats, you know, very, uh, very famously carried plague to many planets, mm-hmm. you know, because they would just sneak onto ships. The Womp Plague. Yeah, the Womp Plague. <laughs> I also womp love Lanza. the insinuation that a mudhorn is just a very well-known animal, which makes me think that it's not local to only one planet specifically, because in the previous episode, when he was telling the blacksmith about the mudhorn, she just knew exactly what that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Biology, the biology of the Star Wars galaxy uh, interests me. Um, Well, I'm excited. I can't wait for the next one. I'm stressed out. When do they end? Like, are there 10 episodes? Are there 12? What's going on? There's nine. Yeah. That means we've already we're 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 we've reached sort of the halfway point. Essentially, yeah. Nine episodes uh, according to. Oh, no. Eight episodes according to IMDb. Sorry, they were counting the one confirmed episode of season two as a ninth episode. Oh, God. We are exactly at the halfway point. We have we have four more weeks, which would put us at one episode of The Mandalorian post Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's interesting. That's not a mistake. Nope. No, it's December twenty seventh, chapter eight, the finale. Interesting, because chapter seven comes out December 18th. So that's. That's leading right oh, up. Okay. All right. You ready for you ready for batshit theory? No, yes. I have it, and I'm willing to put money on it. Okay. All right. Chapter Go seven, ahead. Baby Yoda is revealed to actually be a clone of Yoda. And in Rise of Skywalker, we get actual Yoda getting his rematch with Palpatine that he's been wanting since episode three. Okay. I was just going to go simpler and say that uh, among the... 
Well, no, they couldn't quite do that. I was going to say among the whatever the end of Rise of Skywalker is, if there is a component of new Jedis, this one's definitely going to be in there just like as a Easter egg, which I think would be simpler. But then it would also that would be unnecessarily um, uh, cruel to the Mandalorian storytelling. So maybe not. I don't believe my theory, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you're going to you can't put a baby Yoda in one universe and then not put it in the biggest universe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But uh, uh, overall, it's literally just what we all needed at the end of 2019. All right. Oh, damn. I just realized that for episode five and episode six, there are summaries on IMDb. I shouldn't have read that. I was just about to say, too, that I love that they don't have a next time on, because if there is a next time on on any show I remotely care about, I cannot help myself but watch it. So with The Mandalorian, I'm just forced to abstain. Don't read the summaries. Well, too late. Yeah. (laughs) Too late. Well, anyways, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stoked as hell for episode five as we get closer and closer to, I guess me unsubscribing to Disney Plus because there ain't jack all of anything else I really want to watch on there besides maybe Gargoyles for the seventh time in my life. So, yeah, uh, Hot Lead and Cold Feet isn't even on there yet. I don't know what that is. (laughs) You know, I got to throw in a plug for the Imagineering um, documentary, though. It's really good. It's a whole documentary about the batshit crazy stuff that they were doing to make Disneyland and Disney World and all the other Disney parks. It's not unworth your time. Very cool. Well, uh, around the table before we go, Jenny Josephson, where can folks find you when you're not? Well, maybe you're still talking about Star Wars, but you're not doing it here. No, that's true. Um, they can find me at Jenny J23, J-E-N-N-I-E-J-23, in which I am tweeting about Star Wars. Give it a follow. Tom Merritt? Uh, Merritt.com has all the stuff that I do and freetomnewsletter.com if you want to uh, talk to me over email. I uh, can be found all the podcasts I do over at amove.tv. I'd recommend the latest episode of uh, Angry Chicken if you want to learn about Hearthstone's newest mode, Battlegrounds, from a player who is better at it than me. Go check it out. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Let's Talk About Star Wars. But until next time, this is the way. This is the way. It is known. Self-destruct. Do not self-destruct!